Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gayatri. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. I wonder how many of our listeners can say that they got to watch TV for a living. If you did, write into us and we'd love to hear your story as well. As was with our guest in today's episode, who's an engineer and started her career working with TV set-top boxes. She's managed to find and build a career around what she calls building software for tangible hardware and has enjoyed building products for a variety of use cases. Anu Kannan has perhaps had unique opportunities to truly step into customers' shoes and experience a day in their lives. Experiences that she treasures and believes in, so she's consciously building products that are inclusive, unbiased and servicing customer needs. She's played a variety of roles in her career so far and actively creates circles of trust with continuous networking across departments to ensure the right collaboration while building products. Anu shares candid insights into how to create a culture of innovation and her recipe for learning about people and cultures through her vast travels. She leaves us with a glimpse of what the future of the automotive industry could look like and as always she has a message for aspiring engineers. Listen on. So hello Anu thank you so much for being a guest on the software people stories it's lovely to be talking to you and i've certainly been looking forward to this conversation a very warm welcome to you thank you so much likewise i'm glad to be here so we usually ask our guests to introduce themselves to our listeners how would you like to introduce yourself i'm anu kanan um, and i've been on the in the software industry for uh, you know close to 17 years now Uh, it's always uh, largely been on the embedded side of software. Uh, I started my career on uh, set-top boxes, moved on to mobile computers, and uh, more recently um, working on the Android automotive group. So I currently work as a partner technology manager at Google, uh, and my job is to you know kind of share uh, specific Google you know Android technologies with various car manufacturers. Uh, so it's a pretty <laughs> fun role. Uh, prior to this, I was uh, you know at Zebra Technologies, which used to be Motorola. I was a fellow of engineering there focusing on uh, you know android based rugged mobile computers barcode scanners uh, primarily in the enterprise space uh, you know have had the good fortune of uh, traveling a lot uh, you know working across multiple locations uh, working on a lot of innovative products so it's definitely been you know a great journey so far uh, from an education point of view i did my bachelor's uh, in telecommunication from rbc I received a master's of science in uh, computer science uh, from NYU uh, and more recently you know as of last week I completed the lead program uh, from Stanford on a personal note uh, I'm a mom of two I have a 3 year old toddler and a 3 month old they kind of you know keeping me particularly busy these days Wow Anu that's a lot that you've packed in 17 years and I can already see at least uh, five questions coming in my mind to ask you ranging from you know what's android doing in the automotive space and where do you see things headed and so on but before we get there how did this whole journey into the tech world and software begin for you what was your inspiration or motivation did you always want to be an engineer 
I'm like the quintessential software engineer, you know, from Bangalore. Uh, you know, growing up in the 80s, software was everywhere. Uh, I mean, at least burgeoning everywhere. So my folks, neighbors were tinkering with it. You know, when undergrad, you know, we had people, we had my, my friends were building computers. Uh, I mean, you know how it was. So it was like, you know, the, you know, technology was the job du jour, you know, kind of thing in college. So uh, I hopped onto the bandwagon as well. You know, from a campus placement point of view, I joined Infosys. I was exposed to a lot of, you know, server-side software, but I didn't particularly find that exciting. Uh, so when a good friend recommended, I joined this newish company called NDS. Uh, you know, I decided to switch. Uh, and that really kick-started my journey uh, in embedded product development. And, you know, I felt like that was more, you know, I could relate to it a lot more. Uh, NDS was, you know, a little-known company back then with... Um, you know, fewer than 100 employees. Uh, and, you know, they were working on even little known technology, or, you know, on set of boxes. Nonetheless, it was, you know, an excellent experience. Uh, I'm glad I joined. <laughs> you know, I used to joke that I got to watch, t- uh, you know, got to watch TV for a living. Uh, but now it's everywhere, right? Like, you know, Tata Sky and, um, uh, you know, boxes in, in India, and, uh, you know, globally, uh, most satellite, comp- uh, you know, satellite and cable folks use uh, leverage NDS. Uh, so I was there for about four years, uh, truly formative years, uh, you know, worked with multiple cultures globally, you know, uh, worked at different uh, locations. We focused a lot on innovation, on scaling both technology and the company. So exciting years for sure. Um, and that's when I also, like I said, I also realized that, you know, I like building software for tangible hardware, uh, you know, see them being applied in real use cases that I'd experience daily. Uh, and given the more boom in mobile technology, uh, there were plenty of opportunities. So when I moved to Motorola, I made the conscious decision to move to Motorola to work on, you know, the mobile industry. The team or the group I was working on then, you know, got acquired by Zebra. You know, with while the technology focus on innovation and collaboration between different locations was similar between NDS and Motorola, the use cases were very, very different, right? So at uh, Zebra, the products we built were you know, very ha- uh, hands-on, you know, we're used by nurses, store associates, postal workers. So it was extremely fascinating, you know, to see what we built, helping all those, you know, use cases. Uh, so from a logical uh, progression perspective, you know, I joined Google and joined their automotive uh, division. So now I'm looking to shape the vehicle industry for the years to come. Yeah, so hope that answers your question. <laughs> Certainly, Anu. And uh, thank you so much. In fact, when you talked about, you know, use cases where nurses and postal workers are actually using a combination of your software for tangible hardware, uh, what have been some of the most challenging use cases that you've come across? And how did you feel that shaped you or your mind as an engineer? So when we worked on set-up boxes, you know, though even though the use case was entertainment, it's something that's so basic to everyone, right? Like everyone wraps up their, you know, work, uh, you know, and what do we do? We plop it onto the couch and watch TV. So it's one of the most basic experiences uh, that we had back in the day and continue to do so even today, even though the mediums changed, uh, you know, uh, uh, slightly. So having that in mind and designing, you know, was definitely quite the challenge uh, you know you had you you couldn't disrupt the end user uh, in, you know in terms of a user experience it was paramount to have the right uh, experiences and moving on to the more mission critical thing that was so much more uh, because uh, you had like say a FedEx driver drive out you couldn't have the device conk on him you know or so 
the challenges that you faced in terms of memory and battery life and just availability were so paramount that uh, you know the factors or the boxes within which you design a product uh, are fundamentally different when it comes to these use cases that was certainly helpful to understand use cases so as an engineer what would you share in terms of your learnings uh, with respect to understanding these user specific scenarios or keeping the customer in mind when you are trying to design and integrate multiple small systems uh, because the system that you described seems to be pretty complex yeah so i mean i don't want to sound cliched but when you talk about design thinking it's all about empathy and it's all about understanding the end user um, so i would just uh, reiterate that you know i mean it's not enough you know to emphasize that or you know uh, uh, stress that uh, so growing up you know my dad had his own uh, small scale industry so his products would end up in a lot of factories you know across the country and uh, neighboring countries so he would take us along to those factories and you know we do site visits with him and you know he'd show us the end to end process of how things were made and how things uh, occurred so that kind of created a you know a sense of curiosity you know while growing up and that was more than satiated with my roles at my work front right so i would go along on a lot of you know job shadows and earlier on in my career Uh, and later on you know actively visiting customers and sites and you know seeing how a warehouse worked or how a hospital you know what was a typical day would be like you know for a nurse or i actually even applied for a job to just to get a uh, you know at a local retailer to see what a typical day in their life would be like right so uh, having that unique perspective of what their uh, challenges were and what their priorities were was something that we should all focus on and take that back to the drawing board and even if you may not integrate it per se you know like the, the fact that you have all that experience on the back of your mind i believe would you know uh, shape or you know influence your product development uh, it would be a little more uh, inclusive uh, you know uh, free of biases and you know in general more productive likewise also working with different teams within the company it's not always about software when it comes to hardware product is electrical is mechanical there's user experience and there are all these different teams that work together to bring something to life uh, so having great relationships with all of them both on and off work i believe i found to really shape and mold my decisions you know having a chat with a user experience person to understand their perspectives and what worked and what didn't work or having a conversation with a mechanical uh, engineer on you know their challenges i think all of that together shapes you shapes your thinking and makes you better informed you know when you make your decisions very nice anu in fact that must have been such a such an interesting and unique experience to be walking the lines or walking the floor with your dad to see how things were taking shape who was consuming them and so on this is a fabulous experience and i'm sure many listeners who either are looking to be engineers or simply understand how the whole end to end of products and solutions works would have a lot to take away so thank you so much for sharing that you said that you know you were a fellow of engineering at some point in time what was that role like you know how were you able to leverage your position in that role to either influence 
uh, improve collaboration or you know guide people as you played that role i don't want to say that role changed what i was doing but i was playing a role of you know at a corporate level you know for a few year, couple of years prior to the actual promotion so i would keep the title and the promotion aside i think i'd, I'd rather just focus on what i was contributing to and you know what i was trying to achieve at the company and the fact that i had a really great uh, supportive manager and higher ups you know uh, a lot of people in a given company realize what needs to be done and you know once you identify a good strategy or you know direction in which you want the company to go towards you know it's not always you know the projects that are funded or you know the above the line kind of projects but there are certain projects that go above and beyond and you need to have different teams work together different divisions entire divisions you know whose pnls are different working together to make that a success so i was actually working on one such transformative project uh, and my story at the company you know the different projects i worked on kind of led you know to uh, taking that on uh, and along the way uh, the fact that i had worked at different centers with different teams different people uh, i built a huge network of trust and uh, professionals and right like i knew a lot of people uh, so that really helped getting the promotion was just yet another step you know uh, to that platform where you can truly influence and you know cost changes in the right direction um, so you know like a, a earlier mentor of mine would say you know uh, what is the right thing for the business to do right is this the right thing to do and you know you go ahead and do that you know kind of baby steps in the right direction so to speak so i think having a title definitely helps it gives you that much more leverage but a lot can be done even without it uh, because once you have your work speak for yourself speak for itself sorry right and you have other people speaking on your behalf uh, if you had that passion and if you're driving things the you know with no bias you know and uh, you know doing the right thing you can build that influence uh, you know without necessarily having the title so nicely put thank you uh, what would you say can create a culture of innovation in an organization from your experience what do you think are those essential elements that could first create and then sustain such a culture that's a very very good question right because it's easy for everyone to say you know everyone wants to be innovative no company does not want to be innovative but uh, actually converting that idea into action is pretty um, it can be challenging right let me put it that way first of all i think it's the mindset right the fundamental mindset of the people you hire it starts from when you hire getting in the right folks getting in the folks with the right mindset you know the whole um, solution mindset as opposed to problem mindset kind of folks folks who are willing to take risks who are you know have are tenacious you know are persevering so i think getting the right folks is the first step along the way uh and thereafter i think it's defining to some extent what you want to innovate in uh is it your core is it your context is it uh you know something that you know you don't want to do innovation just for the sake of innovation so i think having some senior folks uh who are very very well versed with the industry or in common set some high level boundaries on what you want to innovate in would be the next challenge uh and then after that having a pretty reasonably well defined process around innovation would be the third right uh, so you have your people you have your process 
you know, um, uh, and then trying to come up with a good framework for innovation would be the third. And none of this would be uh, possible if you don't know your customers really well. So as part of defining the scope of what you're innovating, you also need to have a very good handle on who you're innovating for. Uh, of course, you can have some serendipitous fallout, you know, and you may end up innovating for more or a different fraction than who you initially anticipated. But nonetheless, having going in with the right problem statement to solve, I think, would make your life a lot easier. Uh, so this is more on a framework front. In reality, also executing on it can be challenging. So being totally okay with ambiguity, being totally okay with uh, failing and retrying, uh, you know, all of that needs to be built into the culture, not just at an engineer level, but also through your management. Uh, I mean, you obviously need the funds to be able to innovate. Uh, you know, uh, I think a few different aspects all need to fall into place together to truly have, you know, uh, to truly be innovative and then be successful at it. Yeah, those are absolutely powerful statements. Anu. Thank you so much. Very inspiring as well. Uh, you said you've traveled a lot. You've met different kinds of people. You know, how has that experience uh, influenced your work? And what would you share as tips or good practices to develop those relationships, whether it's with customers or like you said, you know, building a network of trust what have you learned from those experiences that you could share? To me, that to me is like the most fundamental uh, principle or, you know, like value, if you will, that I value the most. Uh, earlier on in my career itself, like, you know, with my first, the NDS company I spoke about, that was like three years of nonstop travel, right? I worked in the UK, in the US and Israel, you know, and then when I moved to Motorola again, I visited dev centers in China and uh, Sri Lanka. It's been an extremely learning experience to just meet people from all different cultures and work with them, you know, sit next to them and collaborate and work with them. And you get to learn from them both professionally. Uh, you get to hear about their stories and, you know, how they grew up, which is just fascinating. But at the same time, a lot of them also opened up their houses, their families to me, which was equally precious. I'm still in touch with a lot of them from 10, 15 years ago. So all of that kind of shapes you for who you are. And you get a good sense of what people's, like I said earlier, right, like people's priorities, people's motivations. And you bring all that back, uh, you know, into your both personality, both professionally and personally. So I think just traveling gives you automatically gives you the food, a photo, if you will, for having an open mind for taking crazy risks. And, you know, just learning, right? You're learning all the time. So I was visiting Israel for the very first time, right? And this was back to back after I'd visited the UK and the US. So, and it, I, 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 what I didn't realize was the office was in a very conservative, you know, setting. It's, it's, it was in Jerusalem. And I meet my, I met my colleague the first day and I was introduced to him. And, you know, uh, I obviously, you know, extended my hand to shake his hand. And next thing you know, he was, uh, he took three steps back, right? <laughs> I was stunned. I was like, what's going on? And then the, you know, manager uh, introducing us clarified that he, he, his wife had just had a baby and in their culture, they don't typically, you know, touch other women uh, when their wives, you know, <laughs> just had a baby. And that's when it hit me that I was so ill-prepared. 
you know, from a cultural perspective of what I was in for. So I kind of went back that day and like spoke to a bunch of people, read up a few things. And, you know, once you realize, you know, uh, some basic foundational aspects, you know, they just need space and you kind of respect their culture. And I started putting that into practice from the very next day. And obviously uh, he recognized that. And our working relationship was so much smoother and so, you know, fruitful, right? So I think just uh, taking the time to learn about other cultures, just like how you would learn, you know, the rules of driving when you go to a different country, you know, just learning about their culture and being respectful of that and appreciating it, uh, I think creates a very congenial environment, uh, so to speak. I know COVID right now has thrown everything topsy-turvy, but... I'm optimistic, you know, that things will come back to normal. But even when you interact with someone digitally, you know, over Zoom or, you know, Hangouts or whatever, there are aspects of, you know, this uh, understanding and appreciating time zones, for example, languages is another example. All of that just helps build a better working relationship, particularly when the other person is, you know, halfway across the world. And uh, like you said, right, during this time, there's, I think, going to all the more be challenges when working remotely is how do you sense someone's culture or how do you sense what's going on with them when you're not standing in front of the other person. So I think this is going to give rise to perhaps innovation or sensing in a very different dimension when you need to work together across the world or collaboratively. You know, in your current role, when you talk about you know android for automotive where do you see you know that space headed everybody is trying suddenly to make the car or any mobile vehicle a, a space where there is a lot more intelligence and and a whole lot of things coming in what's happening there and what what do you see as you know vehicles of the future there were like few different spaces that were, uh, you know, gearing up for the next level of transformation and automotive was definitely one amongst them. So in that space, I feel there are multiple transformations happening at the same time. And uh, again, you can read up on this. I mean, there's connectivity happening. There's a lot of shared use cases coming up, a lot of autonomous vehicles. There's electrification, uh, you know, of cars. So they're like multiple transformations happening at the exact same time which is what makes it extremely challenging at the same time extremely exciting where it's going is there's a lot of room for innovation a lot of room to be more efficient uh, given our fuel challenges and uh, uh, lack of resources uh, in the long term you know challenges around that uh, so there's a lot of room for innovation to make the whole space more effective and uh, uh, you know, eco-friendly and just economical, uh, you know, to say. This is just the beginning. Uh, if you look at the number of startups in the space, it's mind-boggling. So I think it's too early to call what will happen or where, it's, uh, you know, uh, who's going to survive. But you can definitely see where it's headed. At least in my opinion, will largely be electric connected. You know, there's going to be a lot more sharing involved of data uh, just to be more efficient. Uh, but at the same time, given COVID, uh, I mean, one argument is, you know, you will have a lot more road trips because they're safer than flying or taking the trains. So I think that may accelerate some of the innovation in the space. But long story short, I think you will see a lot more digitization happening inside your car, like much like what happened on your phone, but more within the car and a lot more seamless uh, experiences being enabled, you know, as a matter of that fact. So should exciting times for sure but long long way to go and obviously safety is 
the primary primary factor you know it's not like your phone where you know you innovate on a new feature and you can roll it out it will it will take our manufacturers considerable time to bake it in make sure it's secure uh, you know you have regulations to cater to as well so all for good reasons so the industry by its very nature takes a lot of time to bake before it gets rolled out it'll be a slow transformation but a sure one at that that was a nice little shot of perhaps where things are and where they're likely to go we spoke about a lot of things today and uh, i'm sure there are a lot of listeners who are very curious to know what what to do in terms of work what kind of career path should i pursue and so on so if you had something to share with people aspiring to be engineers today what would your message be for them couple of different things uh, like we spoke about earlier you know don't skimp on experiences any and all are good experiences you get a chance to try something out new just go for it on the professional front i would strongly say follow your passion if you have one a lot of people don't which is totally okay you know in which case whatever you decide to undertake be passionate about it you know put in the work put in the hours uh, work hard try to learn everything about it you know do your bit right i always kept thinking to myself you're willing to learn you'll find a lot of teachers just keep at it uh, that's that you do need to have a plan of some sort uh, you can't just you know have some yeah, <laughs> random set of experience which is good by the way but nonetheless from a professional perspective having some sort of a high level plan is always good um you know try to see if your past experiences present and where you plan to go can be woven into some formidable story of sorts right on the personal level uh you know take risks travel a lot learn new things be open to new experiences read a lot this will create a good environment of learning inside you uh, you know that will have a significant impact on everything you undertake it will facilitate a good mindset to help you network easily be open and reach out to people easily take on challenges easily it just creates the right platform within you to be the best you possibly can that positive attitude to focus on you know what you know well uh, depending on you know whichever situation you're in right and one last useful tip you said was for freshers would be try to maintain a career journal of sorts to kind of update at least once a year yeah, or maybe even 6 months you know just a simple you know, just simply journal what you achieved how did you achieve or why did you you know how did it come about uh, if you failed what did you learn from it you know just a very very high level so that will help you craft your story in the years to come uh, you know when memory starts failing you or you know you've had so many experiences that you can't remember the nuances anymore worst case or best case it'll come in handy in your interviews later on you just having that simple journal i think uh, would really be helpful you will thank yourself later on thanks anu that was really nice it's been lovely having you on our show and talking to you i hope we can have some more conversations in the future sure looking forward to it and this was fun thanks for having me again <laughs> Thanks Siddharth for the music and Malavika for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.